Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where you'll receive a boost of inspiration, practical advice, and tools to maximize your success and personal happiness. And that's not all. You'll also get plenty of guidance on how you can use your gifts, talents, and compassion to contribute towards making the world a better place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a preview of what's in store and to also receive a free ebook. To sign up, simply visit www.thedreamcatch.com. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to the host of the Dreamcatcher podcast, Celine Chinoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreamcatcher podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. Financial abundance is something that most of us aspire to achieve. Whether you would like to grow your bank account, manifest an entrepreneurial dream, or travel the world, all of that requires you to be in a good place money-wise. My guest, Corrine Grillo, has discovered a form of creative magic that is both accessible and effective in creating the financial flow that we desire. She's here to tell us how. Corrine Grillo is a licensed psychotherapist, visionary leader, inspirational speaker, and proprietor of the Casa Condor Retreat Center in Mount Shasta, California. Corrine offers online training in authentic spiritual leadership, nature immersions, intuitive healing arts, and in-person training. She has dedicated her life to sharing the life-changing gifts she received while learning to work with the angels. In this interview, Corrine teaches us how to detox from self-defeating notions of lack, unworthiness, and shame. She shares simple practices, rituals, and everyday mindset shifts to feel happier and unlock our next level of wealth. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks. Hi, Corrine. How are you doing today? Oh, so great. Thanks for having me, Celine. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Um, I'm excited to talk about a topic that I find really interesting, and I assume um, a lot of our listeners do as well, and that is attracting more abundance using the power of ancient practices. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I love it too. <laughs> I love <laughs> no, it too. I, love, I, I essentially love any system that's going to help us hack life um, and expedite our progress, especially during times like these. Absolutely. It's very, it's very timely. I mean, uh, your, your new book, Angel Wealth Magic, um, it's a really helpful guide on this topic. Uh, so it's going to be uh, interesting to deconstruct some of what you wrote in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. All right, Curry. So uh, let's start with, you know, learning a little bit about you. Tell us, how has your personal journey and your story, how has it motivated you to write this book? Uh, well, I would say I, I, I'll i start with the fact that I am a psychotherapist, a licensed psychotherapist who had an angel encounter years ago that changed my life in radical ways. I witnessed a miracle. <laughs> and with that miracle came... Um, the awareness that the spirit world is really very much alive and that 
if that miracle was possible, then what else was possible? So it set me on this journey of really embracing my spiritual nature, even though I um, came from a very kind of traditional, I would say non-religious officially background. And so my encounter with the angels really activated something inside of me that got me extraordinarily curious and put me in direct contact with the angel world. And so I couldn't deny it, even though I tried to deny it for a while, because, you know, as a psychotherapist, when you're talking to angels or you say things like that, people go, oh, that's magical thinking. Maybe you need, um, you know, psychotic medicine, you know, medicine for psychosis or or get hospitalized. So I that started my journey in learning how to listen to the other voice inside of me, as opposed to the voice that was very intensely tyrannical and tearing me down and keeping me in these little boxes that society set out for me. Um, And as a brown woman, uh, the box that was set for me was pretty small, (laughs) pretty small, pretty tiny. So for this book, um, which is my second book, I wrote it because I had such a profound, you know, one of the ways that miracles started happening for me was not just the awakening of my heart and my spiritual connect and my authentic spiritual connected connection that had nothing to do with the books, um, but, you know, it was an authentic, you know, heart connection with love. Um, as the miracle started unfolding for myself, And also for the people that I eventually started to serve and teach some of these practices and principles, one of the kinds of miracles that happened were financial miracles. And so, um, so that is really the precipice and the foundation for this book. Um, money is generally something I didn't like talking about before, but when, when I was inspired to write this book, it was actually during lockdown and during um, COVID. And I had to reduce my hours by a certain amount because both my kids were working from home uh, all of a sudden from school. And I'm an entrepreneur and and do a lot of work internationally around the world. So all of a sudden I had to reduce my hours, which meant I had to figure out different ways to, um, to accommodate our family because uh, I'm, you know, momming all of a sudden faster more than I was. Right. So, yeah. so I developed a, um, a magical practice and worked with uh, traditional magical practices and angel magic practices in order to um, just kind of see if it would work. <laughs> And uh, so and you were experimenting, essentially. I was experimenting. Time. I went. Okay. I took myself. I took myself into ceremony. Took myself into ritual with a specific outcome, um, and the result was so intense that I realized that for me, um, I was, you know, I because afterwards I did a gratitude ceremony and I was given this in, incredible gift, and I. I realized that I was given this gift because I wasn't meant to keep it just to myself. So I I wrote a book and I, d- I developed a program also to take people through the process that I did to help them kind of navigate and and uh, kind of crack the code on what's possible when it comes to wealth attraction. And do you think that anyone can do this? Because obviously you've, developed a connection with your angels you've been building that all for a while so would they need to kind of develop that muscle of like being in touch with their angels and like kind of finding a way to actually um interpret 
what they're telling them? Um, I think any beginner angel work works for anybody, period. Okay. Because, because my position is that angels have been around before religion. Angels have always been here ushering and guiding us in, in a variety of different ways, guiding our ancestors through extraordinarily harsh times. So I feel that uh, you don't have to be a professional angel person, that all of us are professionals, whether we know it or not, because my first miracle happened when I was a non-believer, period. And, and I was drinking a bunch and doing all kinds of stuff. So I don't believe that you have to have a pristine, uh, you know, righteous, perfect lifestyle in order for this stuff to work. I don't even believe that you have to have official faith in anything. I just think that uh, the way that I approach any kind of spiritual work is through experimentation and, and practice rather than this deep philosophy that we have to believe in. I just, you know, recommend having an open mind. Try yeah, I think that's it. the most important, just to be yeah. open and, you know. Yeah, just try it. Yeah, just I, I, try I, yeah. it. I mean, what have yeah, you got not, to lose, right? <laughs> that's what I mean. You got nothing to lose, only to gain. And the yeah. the best, you know, the worst thing that can happen is that you might have some extraordinary results or you might feel a different level of comfort and peace inside of you regarding your financial situation, which to me is you know, it's not enough for me to be like, Hey, everybody, let's make a bunch of money. Let's attract some money. Like my goal is always to help people open up their hearts to the, to the love and the profound support and resources that we have access to that are invisible, but they're there the more that you experiment and you have fun with it. And Karen, what do you mean by magic in this context? Because I'm sure a lot of people will hear and be like, you know, that might make them a little skeptical. Because, you know, when you think of magic, you think of like stage magic, right? You think of, you know, abacadabra. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, right. So what do you mean by magic in this context? Okay. In this context, I think people have a lot of, I I, I think, uh, unfortunately, the, uh, there's a lot of communities that have, um, in a way, given magic a bad name or given even angels a bad name when people yeah. think of angels they witchcraft think, right it's it's witchcraft might, and hey yeah. and he, and here's the thing the negativity and the tone that people take towards any kind of what they consider magical practice the reason why they think of it as negative is because of religious colonization and the fact is is that all of our ancestors practiced some level of divination there's even divination all over the bible Okay. It's just all of our ancestors practiced these things. And, um, uh, and people have a reductionist view of these things, but to be honest, it's magic and people's powerful spiritual connection, authentic, uh, spiritual connection, not out of the books, but it with engaging life force and nature as it is, those are the things that got us to even being able to have developed civilization in the first place. It was by talking to plants and talking to beings that were not there that in all mythologies around the world yeah. say, say that, you know, we learned from other beings how to grow crops and how to build buildings. Right. Animism. To, yeah. Like yeah. animism, like exactly. Shamanism. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So religious colonization stripped us of this, this, uh, this, this technology, essentially. So to me, magic is nothing more than a 
technology designed to help humans not just survive, but to thrive. And you can call it whatever you want, but I'm sorry, prayer is a magical act. That's magic. It's just a matter of uh, how you want to define it. But those separations and those, those definitions are, from my perspective, absolute false dichotomies impressed upon us by religious colonization. Okay. And, you know, besides not believing in all in magic, what are some of the other things that prevent people from attracting wealth and abundance in their life? Because in the book, you mentioned two specific things. You mentioned demons and subconscious blocks. Mm-hmm. So can you please expand on that? Yes. Okay. So because I talk a lot about angels, I think a lot of people, when I talk about demons, people think I'm going to talk about, you know, the gnarly entities with, with, you know, horns and, and beers and a trident, you know, trying to, you know, whatever, be all evil. But with the, with the work that I've done for over a decade, and when I, and I look at people on all different levels, I'm looking at people's psychology because I have a psychotherapy background. I'm yeah. looking at people's spiritually, um, I'm getting guidance from spirit. And um, what I found was the biggest demons that block people from um, breaking the ceiling of their own, of their own creation or really society's own creation or the system's own creation for them. The biggest demons are always start in the, in the head. It yeah. starts with whatever we were raised around, whatever we were be- believed about ourselves. So I find that way more sinister than Satan it, when it comes to wealth is our own concept, self-concept, and our own the perception of our own value and what we're capable of and the really tiny dreams that we set for ourselves, like I used to, um, it, you know, as opposed to allowing ourselves to believe that we can have more in life, that we're not just um, given, oh, this is just how life is. There's a lot of people that think, oh, you know, this is how just life is. And especially spiritual minded folk, you know, there's a lot of healers and, and, and people out there doing beautiful work who are highly gifted humans who limit their capacity to really claim their right to be wealthy in work that they love to do and do it more. Okay. So it's that belief that you can't make money uh, doing certain professions. You, yeah, you can't make, you know, we were raised in kind of an industrialist society. So yes. if you're, if you're not, if you're not a, a doctor or a lawyer, you know, you're yeah. not going to be wealthy. And I, I found, you know, from, from just for, if you don't go to college, exactly. You don't go yeah. to college. Right. Um, but I found that my degree, my master's degree in psychology, okay, was wonderful. I had a great career. But when I started listening to my heart and started doing things a little differently, started following a different kind of guidance and taking those leaps of ridiculous faith and being willing to put my pride aside for a second and tell the truth of my experience and share this love and experience with, uh, with others made me my income multiply by 10 compared to the average um, therapist. And so it is important for us to know that we can, uh, If for me, the biggest wealth comes from when you're following your heart, when you're mission-oriented, and when you're not just looking for cash, but you're looking to make an impact 
a beautiful yeah. impact, a beautiful impact in, in the world. And that's what I represent. I, I, the angels inspired me to write this book for truly for heart centered people who feel limited in their capacity to really claim their value in the world. Um, because let's be frank, a lot of the people who are making all the cash are not always the ones that have a heart. And, and I want people with hearts, um, with a real drive to make the world a better place, to have more economic power, because that's how we're going to make the change in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you say in the book. You say uh, you believe that heart-centered people should be wealthy yes. because of the kind of work that they're doing and the, the good that they're doing in society. Yes. And we can't, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the biggest devils inside of us is the shame for wanting more and for, for is, you know, us feeling greedy if we ask for more wealth and want to be, I want to be a millionaire. A lot of good people have, have shame around that. Um, am I allowed to, uh, be wealthy and work for spirit and at the same time? And let me tell you, for me, I had to learn the, uh, it took me a while to figure it out. I mean, by trusting uh, my spirit team that it, and what they showed me was the more income that comes in is truly a reflection of how many lives I'm having an impact on. It's yeah. not, it's not for no good reason. It's because things have gone international. It's an energy exchange. So and- it's yes, it's an energy exchange. And just like doctors can claim, and you know, I, I tell people, especially the people and the business owners that I coach that are really trying to kind of open their mind to what's possible for them. Um, you know, and, and they, they, you know, a lot of the programming around that is like, you know, I feel guilty for charging for God's work or got, you know, yeah. I'm like, you're not charging for God's work. You're charging for your time the way that doctors do, the way that everyone else does. The way does. that lawyers do, you know, yeah. the way that everyone else does. Why yeah. not you again? Why not you? And that, again, that's old religious programming. And yeah. we live in modern society. Unfortunately, the system is not our fault. The system that we were born into, this capitalist system, is not our fault. And until we shift the system, we have to own the reality of it takes cash to pay our bills. Right. And it also takes cash to make the bigger impact and to fund those charities, to fund the people in the world. And our education like, On too. the front lines. Yeah, and our yeah. education, to stay educated, yeah. to keep our kids educated. Yeah. And... um and to really promote agendas that uh, impact the world in a positive way. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. And how do angels help us with this process, uh, Corinne? Because uh, you say that angels can facilitate the wealth creation process. So how do they do it? Yeah, well, they do it in a variety of ways. Yeah. But the first, the first way they do it, first, they can't really totally intervene unless we learn how to powerfully ask for their help, which is why I help people create ritual out of it and like kind of remember their natural way because all of us and all of our ancestors have always done ritual for, uh, you know, on on behalf of things, always. And this would happen after we work on our beliefs, right? Because we need to like clear that channel 
before. Yeah. I mean, you can right? do it be- beforehand, but in the oh, book, you can. okay. I, yeah, you can do it beforehand, but in the book, I, I set people up for the max success. So I want them to look at what beliefs are you still carrying? That was kind of BS that you inherited from your family's beliefs and your uh, culture or, too, right? Or you your, culture. your culture impacted yes. you. Whatever yeah, your culture is, told yeah. you about about rich people or whatever, because a lot of us who didn't grow up with money have judgment about rich people, yeah. which naturally rich people repels are evil. us. Yeah, exactly. Money yeah. is evil. Rich people money are evil. evil. All of that yeah. stuff. All of that stuff impacts us unconsciously or consciously, um, depending. So, so that's why we find a lot of us find ourselves running in the same place over and over again because there's this unconscious fear about about. Um, about what happens if you actually have all the cash and more? Are people going to try and steal it from me? Is my family going to expect me to give them the I mean, there's all kinds of compelling reasons why we keep ourselves in place. So in the book, I make sure to address some of those main things and main themes that I found over the years. And angels can help you shift those, shift those beliefs. But in addition to those, I also give a, a just a wealth ritual so that um, so that we you know in a way kill all the birds um, in one place. If you got the if you're rocking the negative belief systems, here's how to work with angels to help you with that. And then also, if you want to get into a deep ceremony and do a, a a traditional style simple practice, simple ritual, it's an 11 day ritual in there with different angels that. Uh, that people have historically called on to open up capacities for wealth, success, uh, more confidence, things like that. Um, so angels essentially help activate those energies inside of us, help open up doorways that have we've accidentally locked down, not for any old reason. We did it unconsciously, but it's time for us to really wake up to our capacity and that we are not always limited by whatever the frick social uh, systems have taught us about ourselves. Women have been indoctrinated to believe that we are kind of like the lesser species, but the more that women have cash in our hands, women are more likely to share that wealth. That's a statistic that's true. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because women are givers essentially, right? We're built... For that, you know, we're more compassionate. I mean, in general, in general, in general not all of them, <laughs> depending on their indoctrination, right? Depending but on the indoctrination, yeah, the indoctrination. But most women can see a higher perspective and do what's best for community rather than self. And uh, this is why more women need to kind of step up and gain economic power as well. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And what are your tips for uh, those who want to improve their relationship with money besides, you know, working on their limiting beliefs about money and getting rid of those subconscious blocks? What can they do to really improve that, um, their, you know, the way they look at money and how they spend money? How can they yeah. begin to do that? I think the number one thing is to just address that if you have a lot of fear about money, if just even the word money, the topic of money makes you a little anxious. There's some work right there mm-hmm. and to, to, um, do your best to, I would say, start with educating yourself about, about money, um, reading books, uh, from, from people who went from rags to riches, understanding how people can do it and realize they're not special people who are millionaires. There's nothing special about them. It's just that they believed in their dream. 
and they did something about it, or they just had it handed down to them for generations and generations, right? But those aren't the people who are going to want this book. The people who want this book are the ones who are trying wanting to hack the system. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so, so the first thing is to really look at, as opposed to run away from your finances and to, to see what's going on and know that you have all the tools necessary to turn any financial situation around from the ground up. But I would say the first thing is to, if you're afraid of cash, if it makes you nervous, that's, that repels cash because because money is energy and money wants to support all of us as life does. Because to me, money is just an expression of love, an expression of life. Um, but we've put so much attachment to it and meaning to it rather than just seeing it like fruits on a tree. You know, when you walk by an orange tree and it's abundant, you don't judge the tree for having, uh, you know, oranges. You don't run from the oranges, right? So to me, the dollar is like that. But we have been, um, had so much financial abuse uh, from the system. And um, and maybe we grew up uh, in really harsh conditions um, that we, uh, or there's people who grew up around too much money and and that in itself was toxic for, for their own soul to have a healthy relationship and a respectful and honorable relationship with, 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 with that resource. Right. And would you also say learning money management skills and um, just developing certain professional skills? I mean, that goes without saying, right? Yes, exactly. So, so, so I think it's just addressing, looking at where you're limiting yourself with your capacity. And if you, if you have not stated, I want to make a million dollars to start there, you know, Hey, I want to, and then spirits work. It's like, Oh, you want to learn how to make a million dollars. Then your task is to start listening to the inspiration. You call in the angels, you call in, um, do ceremony, do ritual around it. Again, this is old stuff. Okay. It's only in the last couple hundred years that people forgot uh, how to work their magic, literally how to work with miracles. And to me, magic and miracles, it's the same thing. It just depends on what side of colonization you're standing on. So, so uh, you know, and I love miracles. I love it all. <laughs> I love. Is it love based it on the law of attraction? Um, well, what do you mean by that? Based on the law of attraction? I mean, is it the same kind of phenomenon? Like think about, you know, think about what you want and then kind of, I mean, you've, you've heard about the secret, right? About the, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. So is it yeah. based on that, the magic that you're talking about? The, okay. I think what differentiates some of the work that I do is that I acknowledge the, the animism of life right the anim- the anim- the animism of the tree of of the flower and so the way that i work with spirit is that i work with spirit i don't believe that me that i am the center okay i believe to Got be it. in to be in yeah. relationship with spirit re- be in relationship with the divine because the divine will dream something bigger for you than just what you your little wants and desires are just my life is a living expression of that so it's me i i really cherish and value um the aliveness of nature and the aliveness of the benevolent beings and forces that move through us so i just think it's more fun it's more fun and it's extremely potent when you accept yourself as someone um, 
uh, something I want to say about our dreams and maybe if we want cash is that I've realized for me, and I believe I may even say this in the book, I'm not sure that sometimes our dreams are not our dreams. They're, it's the divine trying to dream through you as a vessel. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because I yeah. yeah I thought that I thought I was being weird or selfish when I started right. transitioning yeah. my career from being psychotherapist to being kind of go, going more international and speaking on angels. It's a very yeah. awkward transition. Yeah. Um, but I I you know I kept getting this nudge and I was like, is this just this weird it, it, like narcissistic thing? Because I I didn't even yeah. like like taking pictures of myself. But what I didn't realize that I was dreaming for the thousands of people that spirit was trying to connect with through me. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. And I remember listening to an interview uh, of Deepak Chopra, and he said that if you have a dream or if you can conceive a dream, the seed of potential is in that. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't have it, you know? Yes. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh, yes. Like, you know, like I, I had a yeah. breakthrough and I think you're pretty much saying the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, if when we realize that our dreams could be so much bigger than just yeah. our little dreams, because the people that I have that email me and say, thank you so much because I had this experience or, you, you know, this book has helped me for so much, so much, or opened my eyes. So many, so many atheists, right. Um, or people who don't believe in anything, the way that mm -hmm. my approach is, is like, it's very non-religious. It's you don't have to believe, just try some shit, see, like, see if it works out. Yes. Um, but the level at the of of feedback that I get that I've gotten over the last many years, spirit showed me, you know, those dreams back then, they were never your dreams to begin with. Okay. Yes. That was our dream, dreaming through you so that we can like a co-creative process. Yes. And it's all of our obligation in a way to take our dreams from my perspective more seriously. No, don't think of them as impossible or impractical or, uh, you know, because it's literally an insane choice to shift from being a classical therapist, which I, my, my life was set up already. Okay. To talking about angels, to talking about spirit, which that back then was not as prominent as it is now. Okay. So this is w back when no one, hardly anybody was talking about this stuff. Now it's like infused in business coaching and everything back then it was a real risk. And and so, you know, looking at that and realizing if you have this, if any of us have this wild dream and we are, we don't think it's possible, all you got to do is Google, take some classes, get educated on how to make it happen. And spirit right. will give you, the resources will come. How do you keep your faith along the way? Because, you know, sometimes when you're chasing dreams, you run yeah. into obstacles. You know, you run into you fail sometimes. So, how did you keep the faith and you know stick with that dream that you had uh, that you envis you envisioned for yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely treacherous when you start making your own dreams happen as opposed to helping other people, you know, build their dreams, mm -hmm. which is you know what what we do in a lot of jobs and careers. Um, when you start making your own dreams happen, it is it's a it is a ride, you know, it's like, yeah, first you get this inspiration and then you hit this roadblock and you're like, ah, maybe it's not the right thing. So, um, you know, it's always good to have community of people who are, who understand or who are maybe on the same path or doing something similar, like taking big risks to help coach you out. So getting a, a business mentor, a coach. Um, but to me, it was like, 
I, I want to be honest with you. I never had faith in the beginning of the, the dream itself. I felt like the whole thing was going to fail miserably. Okay. And, and before I launch everything, I still have an excessive amount of doubt. I still try and talk myself down from the ledge. So it is you know, cultivating an attitude. You know, I know a lot of people are like, you know, I, I'm very opposite from a lot of things people say out there, like fake it till you make it and just think positive. I don't think that's a requirement. I think what's required is having a serious set of balls, lady balls, man balls, business balls, and just really going like, okay, if it fails, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Because it's probably going to fail. And, and then Oh, okay. So this is going to happen. Maybe my pride's going to take a hit. I'm going to lose 10 grand. Okay. BFD. Okay. At least I tried. At yeah. least I and tried. And you're at peace, right? And you get a, you get a lesson. You, it's a learning experience. You, you, you know what doesn't work. Exactly. So there was, yeah. uh, I would say I mostly, it was like 80% negative in the beginning. And then 20% of, you know, I got to listen to that stuff, the softer voice. I, there was something that compelled me that no matter what, I'm going to finish this thing no matter what. And that was my first angel offering. You know, I'm going to finish it no matter what. And if nobody wants it, fine. And so guess what happened? That very first offering that I did that was more angel based, that was more, um, that was a bigger kind of leap of faith. It was my first six month intuitive healing training as a psychotherapist. Okay. So my first intuitive healing training, I was. Oh, a million percent. Okay. Probably 98%. It was going to fail. No one was going to sign up. So mm -hmm. I sent an email. And then within three days, I tripled my annual income. Wow. Yes. And so that was my first financial miracle. That was just the first one. There's been many since then. So I, I'm, I'm just saying like, don't fake it till you make it. Doesn't matter if you don't believe in it. But if you lose interest, if you're backing away from the ledge because you're scared, you're terrorized. I was freaking terrorized to send that email. That is the moment where you push through no matter what. You get, you, get, you get the lady balls or the man balls out, your business balls. You get them out and you know balls to the wall. You do it anyways. Egg on your face. Fine. You probably survived worse in life than offering something beautiful to the world and it not working out, it not making any cash the first time. Right. And how did you know that it was the right thing to do? Because sometimes it's it's it can be hard to differentiate between our fear and our yeah our intuitive hunches. So yes. how are you able to differentiate between both both those? Feelings? Okay, so for me, I don't go on differentiating. I just go on. Wouldn't it be fun if? Okay, so okay. if it's if it sounds like fun and juicy to a part of your heart, yet you are terrorized, go in that direction, no matter what. So you feel in your heart space, right? Yeah. If it sounds like fun. Okay. So this is when I decide, decided to create a, uh, my first kind of um, a business offering that was unlike anything I'd ever seen before or unlike anybody I saw anyone else doing. Okay. So I decided to create something fresh out of the, you know, with the angels, I co-created something. And it wasn't about, you know, this really serious, clear your subconscious beliefs. It was like, more like, hey, you want to party and learn about the angels, okay? So <laughs> I thought I thought it was going to fail because of that. Because I have, you yeah. know, I spent tens of thousands of dollars on this education and here I am. 
But the thing is that that thing sounded like the most fun and the thing that I wanted people to like have fun with because um, like me, I didn't know angels were real. So I was like, hey, people need to know. So they should just try it and see what happens. And and so it was because I was excited and it was fun. So I went in that direction. I was still terrorized, but I went in that direction. And that is the energy that kind of pushed me through even the low times. And I, mm-hmm. I had a serious regression um, my habits came back. My bad habits came back right before I was going to send that first email. So like all of a sudden I was drinking a lot again. So I just want to say the demons will come out and play with you right before the big success. Yeah. So I would say, do not expect it to be like this easy coasting, like, oh, this is the right thing. You're going to get your trial. You're going to get your, your, you know, you're going to, you're going to get. I love that you of, say that. That is yeah, so true. You're, you're going to get your beat up around or, uh, along the way. Well, I, I'm here to like present a really honest f- framework because there's a lot of spiritual bypassing going on. And, and, there and the is. Fact, yeah. And, and the so, fact I'm rainbows not, I'm, and unicorns. And- yeah. I'm not into that shit. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm into reality because yeah. I want people to actually make it and yeah. to see the demons for what they are and to move forward, move forward. And anyways, not even fearlessly move forward in full terror, but do it anyways. Yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. So uh, to me, I just feel, I believe in the path of joy. So if you're going to choose something, do it because it makes you happy. It makes you giggle and it may be so weird, but do it because it just, wow, it just feels good. You're still going to go through shit to, in order to get there, but yeah. you might as well like have fun while you're getting, getting raked over the coals through your own, <laughs> through your own trials. Yes. Have a sense of humor and be willing to just duke it out. You got to be a little scrappy to make some stuff happen in the world. That's it. Yeah, I agree. Like when I started this podcast, I was terrified too. Right? Yeah. And I, I still did it anyway. I'm like an introvert. So for me, me like too. to do this was like, oh my God, like everyone on the planet can see this, you know, I'm like putting these oh, videos so- out there, but I still did it I because know. I felt I called to do it. I'm like, I have exactly. to. Exactly. Build this that's, platform. Yeah. Yes. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Because that's what we're looking for. And that's why I'm, you know, for me, like the book was important and why I kind of like womaned up to even be visual because I hate taking pictures of myself. I used to really hate public speaking. I'm an introvert too. Like in, in a group of Can't people, tell. I'm, uh, I'm a, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know either is the thing. <laughs> We think that we know who we are, but we don't because we we're still in this little box of, right. of, oh, I don't think I can, as opposed to just, you don't even need faith in the beginning. Just do what your heart, what sounds fun. And, and I feel like that's why so many introverts are being called into bigger work and to taking these risks. And we're here to support each other through it because if all the narcissists still take up all the oxygen in the room, then what? Yeah. It's got to be the one. Yeah, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, we are in trouble. And this is why we're letting the narcissistic power mongering folk rule the world as opposed to the lovers, the caretakers, the compassionate ones, the bridge builders, as opposed to the wall makers. The bridge builders need to take over. And we do this economically and by getting getting over our, our little small sense of self. That's bullshit. That's indoctrination and owning and claiming our right 
to be the authority that we actually are. Love it. And your book helps with that, right? It really um, yes. helps you get out of that limited thinking. And yes. <laughs> I had to put that in there because like, look, we're going to do this powerful ritual. Ritual, You're going to attract cash. Yes. But let's talk about something first. Let you know, before we do that, we have to talk about, we have to get real with ourselves and please dream bigger. Dream bigger. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a wonderful note uh, for us to end this conversation. Uh, yes. Corinne, I, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom here with us today. Thank you so much for, you know, for being here. Ah, thank you for having me, Celine. It's so fun to talk about this stuff. It really is. It really um, is. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, I wouldn't think that angels and wealth go hand in hand, but this is where they've brought me to, to start talking about this stuff more openly. And for me to move past my own um, kind of terror of talking about uh, money, because I, I would never think that I would be, you know, I had no interest for most yeah. of my life. And like, I'm so like glad so you did it. Yeah. Yeah. You're creating yeah. a paradigm shift here by talking about this. Right. Oh, you yeah. think so? I, yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And for everyone who wants to get, a, uh, you know, get a hold of your book, Angel Wealth Magic, it'll be available wherever books are sold and also on uh, Corinne's website, uh, CorinneGorillo.com. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Corinne, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Ah, thanks so much, Celine. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.